It is February 18th, 2021. No, it's not. It's February 18th, 2022. This is Everyone Has an Opinion. My name is Juan. I'm here to talk boxing. I want to talk about the huge matchup in the UK that is taking place tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon, probably around 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Live on ESPN+. Plus. I originally thought it was on DAZN. It's actually going to be on ESPN Plus in the United States. Sky Sports, pretty much everywhere else. But Amir Khan versus Kell Brook. Finally, the grudge match of the two UK welterweights. These guys have disliked each other for a very long time. Finally, um, at the end, I'd say, or towards the end of their careers, they're finally going to make it happen. I think it's a really interesting fight because both guys have declined. So it still remains a 50-50 fight. When they were in their prime, it was a 50-50 fight. Both guys have declined. It is still a 50-50 fight for that reason. Um, neither guy is an old man by any means. Both guys, I believe, are 35 years old. But they both have their issues. Kell Brook, known for um, having two broken eye sockets, one against Gennady Golovkin, the other against Earl Spence Jr. in back-to-back fights. But make no mistake about it, Kell Brook, before the eye injury, was a totally different fighter. Kell Brook has a tale of two careers, before the eye injury and after the eye injury. Before the eye injury, he was a dominant welterweight. This guy beat Sean Porter fairly easily. And if you hear that, that is Kai, my dog in the background, playing with his toy. Sorry for that. But yeah, Kell Brook, as a welterweight, was dominating. Um, I thought he beat Sean Porter fairly easily. It was a majority decision. He beat Carson Jones by knockout. He whooped Matthew Hatton. Um, he was on the rise. He was really, after the Sean Porter fight, he was really going to get another big fight. But there wasn't really anything on the table at that particular time in 2016. So he made the bold decision to move up two weight classes to challenge Another guy who people were avoiding at the time, and that was Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, for his middleweight title. He challenged Triple G, very courageous. Um, he was daring to be great. He was already a champion, two weight classes lower, but decided, you know what? No one wants to fight Triple G. I'm going to fight Triple G. I'm going to move up. I'm going to be the guy. And it was a huge payday for both guys, but in hindsight, probably was a mistake for Kell Brook, as I think jumping up in weight and then coming back down really affected him, but needless to say, he went toe-to-toe with with Triple G. He had some really good moments in that fight. He really took it to Triple G. I think his hand speed was a big problem for Triple G. He was cracking Golovkin a lot early in that fight, but the power of Triple G just really caught up to him and eventually damaged the eye and got the TKO in the fifth round. That was the first loss of Kelbrook's career. Less than a year later, he returned Back to welterweight. So he cut back down two weight classes and went against the undefeated phenomenon at the time, Earl Spence Jr., a guy that looked to be one of the best in the division but hadn't really proven it yet. Well, Earl Spence went to the UK in Kelbrook's backyard and took the championship. After falling down in the cards early, um, I think Kelbrook was really outboxing Earl Spence early. The movement was a problem for Earl Spence, but Earl Spence dug deep made the adjustments in the second half and really put on an offensive onslaught 
on Kell Brook and damage the eye, the other eye of Kell Brook, the opposite eye that Golovkin damaged. Earl Spence also hurt the eye and caused a broken eye socket. So really bad luck to get your eye broken in two consecutive fights. That's what happened to Kell Brook. And I believe since then, he has not been the same fighter. He's had some decent wins since. He had three knockouts, oh, excuse me, two out of the next three fights he won by knockout before challenging Terrence Crawford and got knocked out in the fourth round. Terrence Crawford targeted the eye, and I feel like once he hit that eye clean with a hard shot, it was almost like a like a jab hook the way Terrence Crawford threw it on Kelbrook. A really awkward punch, but a devastating one. And I think that the eye injuries really caused some confidence problems for Kelbrook. And it's that reason why I think Amir Khan is going to beat him. Amir Khan is also a flawed fighter. Amir Khan is known for having a glass jaw. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's just the fact. Amir Khan is known for getting hit hard and going down. That's just something that's been proven over the course of his career. But besides that, Amir Khan is known for another thing. And that is having some of the fastest hands in the sport of boxing. Even now at 35 years old. He still has some of the fastest hands in boxing. That is something that's not going to go away for a long time. The guy's incredibly fast. The thing about him, though, and a lot of guys with extremely fast hands, sometimes they fall in love with that speed too much. In other words, they will stand and trade with you a little bit longer than they need to. They fall in love with their speed, and they feel like, you know what, I'm hitting this guy with three, four, five, six, seven punch combinations. Let me keep it going. Let me rattle these punches off more. Well, when you do that, you leave yourself open for a big counter. And that is the wild card in this fight. Kelbrook can crack. Kelbrook is the harder puncher. I think Kelbrook has the chance by knockout. But I don't see a scenario where this goes the distance and Amir Khan loses on the cards. I haven't seen a fight where Amir Khan was just outboxed. Has he lost before? Yes, he's lost five times. But I haven't seen the film where Amir Khan is just getting outclassed in a fight. This is a guy who was up against Canelo Alvarez on the cards before getting knocked out. This is a guy who outboxed Devin Alexander. This is a guy who was outboxing Danny Garcia before getting knocked out. Same thing with uh, Zab Judah. He stopped Zab Judah, but he, before that, he was uh, displaying a great ring IQ, keeping his distance, using his feet, um, countering well, using the combinations in spots. Same thing against Pauli Malignaggi. He was on his back foot a lot in that one. Uh, Marcus Maidana, he dropped with a body shot. The resume for Amir Khan is very tremendous. It is a who's who, and I've always said that he has probably one of the best management teams in the sport because he finds a way. You can see him get devastated, uh, devastatingly knocked out and still come back the next fight with a big money fight. This guy is always getting high paydays. He's always um, found a way to market himself somehow. Just a really good team behind him in general. But we will see what's left in the tank. He hasn't fought since 2019. But I think for a guy like Khan, that could be good for him. Um, keeps him fresh. Keeps him away from taking that punishment. He hasn't really been viciously knocked out since 2016. That was the Canelo Alvarez fight. He got stopped against Terrence Crawford, but it was a really awkward stoppage, if you remember. It was like a semi-low blow slash 
give up by Amir Khan. It was very weird. He said he got hit low, didn't want to continue to fight. The punch was low, but it wasn't low enough to um, give him an excuse to quit. Like That was just a very strange stoppage. But I think it was only a matter of time before Terrence Crawford stopped him anyway. But needless to say, it's been a little while since Amir Khan's really been hurt. So I think the inactivity shouldn't really help, uh, shouldn't really hurt him too bad. I think it would actually help him. That's a rare instance where inactivity could help a guy. He's 35 years old. Uh, his last fight was in 2019, like I said, and that was a TKO victory for him against Billy Dibb. So I think knowing his last victory, I mean, his last fight was a victory and a knockout victory. I think that'll give him some confidence. Again, the Kelbrook eye issues to me are just so glaring that I can't pick Kelbrook. Would I be shocked if he knocked Kelbrook? Uh, would I be shocked if he knocked Khan out? No, I would not. But I'm sticking with Amir Khan. I think he has the better boxing ability. I think he has the faster hands. He doesn't move his head as well as Kelbrook. I will say that. As fast as Amir Khan's hands are, his head movement isn't up to par. But I'm still taking him. Kelbrook to me is just really gets gun shy once he gets hit in that eye. And another thing I haven't mentioned is Amir Khan is now training with Terrence Crawford, training side-by-side side with his trainer, uh, Bomack, Brian McIntyre. And Bomack was very instrumental in coming up with the game plan for Terrence Crawford to stop Kel Brook. He was targeting the eye, and that same game plan, I believe, will work for Amir Khan, the guy with much faster hands. And um, Kel Brook is also known for his hand speed, but Amir Khan is just on that elite level, very short list of some of the fastest hands we've ever seen in the sport of boxing. American, I think, pulls out the victory somehow, some way. I think a 12-round unanimous decision is the most likely. But these are two guys with uh, real disdain for each other. They're in their own backyard of the UK. The crowd should be on fire, super electric, as most UK fans tend to be. But I think this is when we'll be even more special because you get two hometown guys two of the most popular fighters they've had in a long time going against each other. So it should be a really fun night of boxing. Um, like I said, guys are past their prime, but it should still be a fun fight. Both guys are slipping, should be all action, should be really fun for as long as it lasts. But we'll see what happens tomorrow night. I believe the main event will be around 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. That is 5 o'clock Eastern, ESPN+. Plus. American versus Kelbrook. That is not the only boxing of the weekend. We also have over on DAZN, Jaime Munguia. He is in a fight against Dimitri Ballard. I don't expect that to be very competitive, I'll be honest. I don't know much about Ballard. I have watched a little bit of film on him, but it wasn't anything um, that really jumped off the page to me. Demetrius Ballard seemed to be a solid fighter. He is undefeated. He's 21-0, but... Nothing really sticks out on his resume. Um, one thing that I did notice is that he's a fast starter. So I think the early rounds could be exciting. Jaime Munguia is always in exciting fights. But I don't see Ballard as being much of a threat. I don't see why he's fighting this guy. I kind of look at it as a... Not kind of. I really do look at it as a step back for Jaime Munguia. Coming off a great action fight against Rosado. In which I expected him to lose. He clearly won that unanimously. But it was an all-action fight, a really fun fight, and I expected him to step up in the competition after that. Instead, he's taken a couple steps back, in my opinion. Maybe Demetrius Ballard can impress me. I'm not looking forward to it. 
I expect five rounds or less. Jaime Munguia is high, high, high volume, extreme pressure, power punching, throws combinations. He's there to be hit, yes, but he's the type of guy that is willing to take one or even two to deliver his one. And his one is usually vicious. He's an extremely um, accurate power puncher. That's very dangerous. Regardless of his defensive lapses, I don't see Ballard being a threat. Like I said, five rounds or less is what I'm expecting. I'm more looking forward to the co-main event on the Jaime Munguia card, and that is William Zapata. Stop me if you've heard this before. This guy is an exceptionally talented, young, lightweight. Yes, there is so many young, talented lightweights, and William Zapata is another one of them. Um, a loaded division overall. For those who aren't familiar, lightweight, 135. That is the same division that George Cambosos fights in, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, Isak Cruz, Javante Tank Davis, the list goes on, Ryan Garcia. There are plenty of fighters, young, good fighters at that weight. Keyshawn Davis, um, Jorge Linares, who's a veteran fighter at that weight. There are so many good fighters at that weight. Marcus Rivera, there are so many good young fighters at that weight. And William Zapata is one to watch. All action fighter, knockout puncher, big time knockout puncher. I expect another devastating knockout. That is on DAZN. That is um, probably around 10 p.m. That is a late card or later card than the UK card. The biggest fight, Amir Khan and Kel Brook. But I'm looking for the William Zapata fight on the co-main of the Jaime Munguia card because Zapata, someone to watch for, someone that I don't think anybody is in a rush to get in the ring with at 135. Great lightweight. And Jaime Munguia, of course, undefeated. And I expect him to slaughter Demetrius Ballard. That's all I got for this weekend. Not much of a, I wouldn't say it's a loaded weekend, but there is some things to look for. Again, some decent boxing is always better than no boxing. That's how I always look at it. But we're just getting heated up this year. Still waiting for the big fights. And those are coming, folks. Yes, there will be big fights in March, in April. Plenty to look forward to. Just some of the, the fights that are on the horizon this year. I'm going to list them off to you. In March, we have a loaded card of young talent. Not great matchups, I wouldn't say, but a full buffet of young talent on display at Madison Square Garden. That is headlined by Edgar Berlanga taking on Steve Rolls. That should be a really fun fight. Berlanga coming off bicep surgery. Didn't look good in his last fight, but as I said, tore his biceps. So I'll give him a little bit of a pass on that. Also on that card is Keyshawn Davis, who I mentioned before, 135. Elite talent. Guy was a silver medalist in the Olympics. Great, great skills. Looking forward to him. He's going to be fast-tracked because, like I said, he has that tremendous amateur background. Tremendous uh, Olympic experience, and we're going to see what he can do in the pros. I believe he's already 4-0. But he'll be on that card. My favorite prospect, Xander Zayas, only 19 years of age. Puerto Rican sensation. He's been killing everyone in front of him. We'll look forward to him on that card as well. Um, and I believe big baby Jared Anderson, the heavyweight, will be on that card. I'm not 100% sure about the heavyweight being on the card, but... For sure, we're getting Keyshawn Davis, Xander Zayas, and Edgar Belanga all on a card in March. I believe it's March 19th. Uh, correct me. Uh, March 26th in Madison Square Garden. That is just one of the fights, or one of the cards to look forward to 
this spring. Um, we're also getting Tyson Fury versus Dillian White, which should be a solid fight. But my favorite fight so far that has been announced is Earl Spence Jr. versus Dennis Ugas. Unification fight for the welterweight championship. That is on April 16th in Dallas. That is the biggest fight to me, personally, that is out there. That's number one on my list. Charlo versus Castaño. That is supposed to be a rematch for the Undisputed Championship. Castaño suffered an injury. We're not sure if that fight is being postponed yet or if it's happening at all. It will not be on March 26th. It will not be on March 26th. We don't know if it's getting pushed back or if it's going to be replaced with something else. Also, Canelo Alvarez will be defending one of his championships. We're not sure if he's fighting Jermel Charlo. We're not sure if he's fighting Dimitri Bivol. We're not sure if he's fighting David Benavides. Actually, we are sure he's not fighting David Benavides in May. But maybe the what's looking like right now is that Canelo Alvarez is going to fight Bivol. But we don't know yet. He hasn't signed a contract. I don't care what Mike Coppinger says of ESPN. Canelo Alvarez himself came out and said, listen, stop announcing these things. Stop trying to be first, basically. Just wait till I announce it because I'm still negotiating here. So maybe just relax and let's see what I'm doing. But we know Canelo will be fighting in May. That's something we do know. Another fight that I'm excited for, probably the second on my list because it's heavyweight division. It's really interesting because how the first fight went. Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua. We need to see the rematch. That is happening hopefully soon. Another fight I'm really looking forward to, Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez. That is going to be a fun fight. Shakur Stevenson looking to capture the title from a man who he said has been ducking him for years. And that is Oscar Valdez, the drug chief. Oscar Valdez, the guy who blamed T for the reason he failed a banned substance test. But that's neither here nor there. Valdez and, and Shakur Stevenson, battle of undefeated champions, unification match. Should be a really fun fight. I expect Shakur Stevenson to wipe the floor with Valdez, but Valdez does possess a lethal left hook. So we will have to see. That's just one of my favorite fights that's going to be happening. Uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano, which is on the same night of the Shakur fight over at MSG. Sold out MSG. Two women who have been talking trash for years now. Uh, women's boxing needs this type of fight. This is the biggest women's fight in history on paper, and I expect it to be an absolute banger in the ring when it takes place. Also, Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez going against Julio Cesar Martinez. That should be a war. So these are just some of the fights I'm looking forward to this spring. Um, I'm sure there'll be others announced. Another one, Triple G versus Murata. That was supposed to take place on New Year's in Japan. That got pushed back because of the COVID-19 virus, but I believe that should be announced to be rescheduled very soon. Triple G versus Murata. To me, that fight has a war written all over it. Two high-volume, all-action fighters. But we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, fights get rescheduled, pushed back all the time. But right now, it's looking like the spring is going to be loaded. Still some more things that will be announced soon. I didn't even mention the Erickson Lubin versus Sebastian Fundora fight. That's a fun fight at 154. There's just so much action that is coming up soon. We just got to wait for it. This weekend, a little appetizer. Like I said, nothing crazy, but something to keep the boxing world moving. Hope you enjoyed the fights. I'll be back next week. Give me that five-star review if you haven't yet. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Your boy Juan is out.